It's one o'clock GMT. Hello, I'm Roger Hearing, and this is Business Matters on the BBC World Service. We're connecting the time zones. Today we're live in Singapore and Stanford. And my guest today, Simon Long and Alison Van Diggelen. Now, Alison, you're with us, I think, today from Stanford, um, but normally you're a little bit closer to Silicon Valley. And you've been looking, I gather, at the whole issue of the people who work there, the people who like to work there, including a lot of young people who want to qualify in the kind of high-tech subjects that will allow them to do that. And specifically in all this, you've been looking at income equality in the area. Yes, there's a growing gap between the rich and the poor in Silicon Valley. It's quite stunning. And last week I interviewed the executive director of Breakthrough Silicon Valley. It's a non-profit here in Silicon Valley and it's helping low-income students break out of poverty by getting this college education. That's the ticket to success in Silicon Valley and beyond. So I spoke with Melissa Johns, and she runs a non-profit six-year program, tutoring, mentoring, and college counselling. And her team has impressive statistics. They serve 300 students in 30 schools across Silicon Valley, and 62% of their students live in gang-impacted neighbourhoods, and yet 96% of these students are getting into four-year colleges here. So I talked with Melissa about the many shortcomings of the existing California's public education system and she told me this statistic is quite shocking. On average there's one college counsellor for every 700 students in California's public high schools and that's one thing she would like to fix. I don't know how we are going to do some of the things that you hear talked about widely in the news. We need to fill the STEM pipeline of future engineers or Silicon Valley is going to crumble. And we need to find more women who are going to pursue leadership positions in our country's Fortune 500 companies. How are we going to achieve all of that when we leave the vast majority of our population behind? Because they're attending schools that are under-resourced and they have college dreams with no real connection to college counselor who can help them walk through the very complex process. Melissa Johns there. But Alison, I gather there are, in fact, quite a lot of dropouts, huge numbers of dropouts, in fact, in Silicon Valley high schools. Yes, there's a lot of talk here about the dropout crisis in East San Jose, part of Silicon Valley, the heart of Silicon Valley. Dropout rates are as high as 30% in some communities. And the majority of students that do complete high school but don't meet the minimum level of credits to graduate. But the good news is that there are a number of non-profits, charities that are working and trying to have an impact. And these breakthrough students are having an enormous impact on their communities. It's kind of like a multiplier effect in economics. Here's Melissa Johns explaining this ripple effect from their students. When I look at the tremendous obstacles a student has to overcome to become the first in her family to graduate from college, there is a huge amount of culture shock, but also there is a lot of fighting that imposter syndrome. I'm so impressed by students who can fight all of that inner talk that tells them they can't do it and instead persevere so that they can have an economic future that they themselves can be proud of and excited about because they get to choose a career, not just a job, but also because they start a positive ripple effect for any younger siblings any neighbors, any cousins who look at what their achievement is 
and can say, well, if she did it, I can too. Melissa Jones then. Alison, what's interesting in this is, you know, the area we're talking about, Silicon Valley, massive high-tech businesses. uh, Are they willing or interested, really, in employing people from these kind of communities um, and trying to take advantage of, of the education they've got? Absolutely. Tech companies are looking for students or graduates with diverse backgrounds. There's been a lot of pressure in the last couple of years looking at the diversity stats of tech companies. And these companies are looking at the stats themselves and saying, we need more people from these different backgrounds because it helps our creativity. It helps our bottom line because we're getting these innovative minds and different mindsets coming. And in fact, the tech community is helping nonprofits like Breakthrough Silicon Valley. I asked Melissa about where their funding comes from. They have a budget of $1.5 million a year to get these kids through their system. And they said, she told me 60% of their annual revenue comes from the tech community, which is quite admirable, I'd say. Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? Simon, I'd like to contrast this with, with Singapore. We often hear about Singapore having an, an education system, the envy of most of the rest of the world in terms of turning out people who are able to function in this kind of particularly high-tech area and business area. I mean, how effective actually is the, the Singaporean uh, education system in providing these sort of people that the tech companies need? It's actually something of a concern here. As you say, the education system is widely admired and, and, and very successful, but there are, I think, um, three particular concerns in, in this respect. One is that uh, traditionally Singaporeans have been quite risk-averse in their career opportunities. They've favoured working for the government, working for a big MNC, and there have been lots of opportunities there, and, and that's been good. Now, when it's looking at the startup world, they've been traditionally very unwilling to take the risks that involves. Secondly, there's some concern that the creative skills, creativity itself, is something that uh, children are not honing at school because it's been too regimented, too much rote learning and so on, too much uh, emphasis on on exams and uh, efforts being made to to address that. And the third is a, a familiar problem that maybe Uh, the social mobility that the education system used to embody is not there so much anymore. I mean, I saw one survey suggesting that in the the best schools, uh, uh, the the very best schools, only 40% of pupils come from the public housing estates, which is where 80% of Singapore's people live. So there there are concerns on those three fronts. That's really interesting, actually, that last point, because in a way it reflects what we've been talking about happening in Silicon Valley too. The the exclusion of some... Uh, groups of people uh, uh, who might need to be included in order to keep these kind of industries going. I mean, is the Singaporean government concerned about this and actually taking any kind of action on it? I'm I'm not sure what policies they put in place. I mean, it's a problem, of course, around the world that with, with, with the best will in the world, it is very hard to discriminate against the children of better off parents who provide more resources for their education, who provide a home where they, they're encouraged to, to, to get on and do homework. So um, these things tend to be, uh, you know, or hereditary by environment, if not by gene, don't they? So uh, it, it is a very hard problem to, to, to counteract. And I suppose the 
the counter argument well would be to say well 40% of, of kids in, in, in housing estates do get into the very best schools. Yes, I suppose you, you, it's all glass half full or glass half empty isn't it? But yeah. uh, let me come back to you Alison on this because that is interesting. What, what Simon was talking there about the, the problems of creativity and, and, and risk taking almost as, in education as, as a sort of value in itself are the kind of people that, that the people in Silicon Valley, the high tech firms want to get in is that what they're really looking for? Because I guess that's the lifeblood, really, having new ideas. Absolutely. Silicon Valley is the world centre of innovation. So by definition, they're looking for risk takers. They're looking for people with fresh ideas, out-the-box thinkers. And the, so this diversity equation, it works into that as well. But I think the key takeaway from Melissa's interview there is these kids, because they're Nonprofits like Breakthrough are bridging this gap. These kids are allowed to choose a career and not just a job. They're breaking out of this cycle of poverty. So it's a win-win. It's a win for the community and it's a win for these these children themselves. And I think Alison, a lot of people think about Silicon Valley. Just assume it's this uh, amazing place with uh, bright white buildings, modern buildings stretching into the infinite. This is, don't really think about there being uh, areas of deprivation in there. I mean, is it a very mixed social area? It is. It's very mixed. In fact, the latest report from Joint Venture Silicon Valley, they listed the, the stats on this. Average income of the top 5% in Silicon Valley is almost $500,000. That's about 30 times higher than the average income of the bottom 20% is 15,000. So there's a big inequality that exists in Silicon Valley and you've probably heard about the gentrification especially in Silicon in San Francisco but it's going on throughout the San Francisco Bay Area and people that can't afford to stay here because we've got median rents of $3,500 for a one bedroom apartment in San Francisco so that's pushing out these service workers these uh, low income people to places like Oakland and even Auckland is getting expensive. Valley, but there we are. Insights uh, into two places one assumes are almost universally profitable and prosperous and aren't necessarily so.